0: Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. I don't know if you've ever been caught with your hand in the apples before, but I have literally. We had apple trees in our backyard. And I was out there as a 10 or 11-year-old boy with a wooden baseball bat and a whiffle ball, throwing the ball up, hitting against the house, throwing the ball up, hitting against the house. Threw one up, got underneath it, hit it up on the roof, and it rolls down into the gutter. Although, that looks like a cool thing to try. Let me get some apples off the ground from our apple tree and see if I can hit these apples over the top of our house. Well, I missed on my first two or three tries. On the third try, I hit it really solid. And it went to and through the kitchen window, into our kitchen floor. Fortunately, my dad wasn't home at the time. My mom was. She came outside holding the apple. I'm standing there with six or eight apples around around my feet, getting ready to hit another one. She said, "Son, I don't think this is a good idea. In fact, I don't think your dad's going to think it's a good idea either." And I, I thought I'd really get it when I get home. In fact, I, I would rather have had a spanking than what my dad made me do. He, he said, "Son." You're going to pay for that window. You're going to pay for it by picking the apples off those trees and heading up and down the street and getting them sold enough to to raise enough money to pay for the glass, to replace the glass. Which it took me a couple, two, three weeks to do, but I I did, and I learned my lesson from hitting balls or apples or anything else toward the house uh, from that point on. It's, uh, It's amazing how sometimes belittled the weapons that God has put in our hands and how we belittle them or... Don't use them for our victory, oftentimes. I want us to see that today from 1 Samuel chapter 17, the story of David and Goliath. You heard it as a kid, you heard it as an adult, I'm sure, but we're going to see today the things that God places in our hands that he intends for us to use for our good and for his glory, in this case, for our victory and for his glory. So look with me, if you will, at 1 Samuel 17, the story in verses 38 to 50 together. Then Saul addressed David, in his own, addressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you would come out to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those who gather there here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands." As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag, taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead. The stone uh, sank deep into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. Now today, four things I want us to see from this text of What was in David's hand? Initially this, that in David's hand didn't seem to be enough weapon. Didn't seem to be enough initially. Let's look at 38 and 39 again. He said, Saul dressed David in his own tunic, put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened his sword over the tunic and tried walking around, but he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said, I'm not used to them. Now here's David, a teenager trying on a grown man's armor uh, and it didn't fit. It was obvious that these expert warriors here in Israel didn't think David, was, and Saul as well, didn't think David was ready for this fight or that he was up to the task. So put yourself in Saul's place. Here are these seasoned warriors standing around. And David, who's come up to volunteer to fight the Philistine, these warriors are afraid of. He's, uh, they're, they're well-equipped. These warriors are. And here's a kid Teenage kids standing in front of him saying, I'll go get him. Uh, I'm sure they were thinking that Goliath would break him like a twig uh, as soon as he stepped into his presence. They were seeing Goliath as an insurmountable force. Yet David was seeing a dead lion and a dead bear. If you read earlier in the story, uh, a few verses earlier than where we started, you'll see that when David comes to Saul uh, to say he'll take the fight to to Goliath, Saul says, listen, you're nothing but a kid. He said, what, 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 what kind of warrior capability do you have? And he said, well, I've, I've defended my dad's herd against the lion and the bear, killed a lion and a bear. Well, that's, that story I'm sure is uh, Saul takes in, into account, but nonetheless thought he was ill-equipped to do the job. But David saw a lion and a bear standing in front of him instead of a, a giant. All they could see was David being dropped like a rock. What David saw was an opportunity to drop Goliath with a the rock. They didn't see David as enough. And David knew he wasn't enough, but knew his God was more than enough. So I want us to see here in this first point that it's not how, how much uh, about how much he was going into the battle with, but who he was going into the battle with. He was seemingly ill-equipped. Here's a, a giant nine-foot soldier in front of him, armies behind him. And here's David with a sling. Probably looked something like this. And a bag full of rocks. And he was going up against swords and spears and javelins and well-armed, well-equipped soldiers that were standing across from him. And uh, so you can imagine, it was probably, in many cases, comical. If I were the Philistines, I'm looking at a teenage kid coming up against me with a sling. I'm thinking, he's it's going to break in like a twig. But it's not how much we go into battle with, but who we go into battle with. Secondly, in David's hand was a loaded weapon. It was a loaded weapon. Look at verse 40. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine, took five smooth stones from the stream and the sling in his hand. Now, some scholars believe David picked up five stones because they believe Goliath had four brothers. I'm not sure whether that's true or not. It may very well be, but I think he picked up five stones because that's all his bag would hold. In fact, if he had held more, I believe he would put more in there. If he had another bag, I think he would fill up another bag too because I don't think he, he was thinking so much about the, how, how uh, the quality of the moment, but the quantity of the army uh, apart from him. He didn't just see this as a battle. We, we see in verse 47, he didn't just see this as a battle with Goliath, but rather with the entire Philistine army. And I think, as I said, he, he, he had a full magazine. He, if he, if he had six bags on, he filled up all six bags, I believe, with, 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 uh, with stones from the stream. That begs the question: How many times have you gone into battle with the enemy and knew you were short-handed, Realized you were ill-equipped? What I want you to hear is he knows that too. He, he's, he's, he's aware of the fact that you're short-handed and ill-equipped, oftentimes for the battle. Now, lest anybody think we're talking about physical weapons, listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5, really. He says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have the power to, dev- to, to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So, and these strongholds, whether they are the result of our own disobedience, our own sin or whether they're cultural strongholds, he said these are defeated with demolished uh, with with the Word of God, not by your pastor, not by your church, but by you as you unsheathe and and release the power of the Word of God in, in the situations in your life, it is your greatest weapon. It's loaded it's a loaded weapon and it is an uns- uh, unlimited supply of all the ammo you'll ever need to wage war against the enemy, uh, the loaded weapon you have in your hands. And he had it in his hand as well and knew that God was on his side. Thirdly, in David's hand, didn't seem to be enough weapon. In his hand was a loaded weapon. But thirdly, in David's hand was a worn, used weapon. Look at verse 49 with me. It says, reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sang deep in his forehead and fell face down on the ground. Reaching into his bag, takes out a stone and slings it. Uh, we see here that Goliath, uh, David was in a full run toward Goliath in these verses. So he's not in the, in the steadiest position to grab anything, much less a stone out of a, out of a bag around his waist, to load, to aim, and to sling the stone at Goliath. So obviously David was, was a highly skilled marksman with a sling. Uh, so he, he, the, the staff and the bag and the sling he had had some wear and tear on it. it, had some patina on it, I'm sure. It had been used again and again. And in fact, he didn't drop the lion or the bear w- with a practice shot. He dropped the lion and the bear because he had already practiced before with a sling. He, is, he was adept at, at loading, at checking the right size stone for the job, at get, getting the right velocity. There's a, there's a, a term used now in, 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 in pro baseball, exit v and that means the, 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 how fast the ball exits your bat. And exit velo is um, hitters that, that are at or around 100 miles an hour. He, exit velo are referred to as power hitters. That, an exit velocity on this stone was probably in excess of 100 miles an hour to sink deep into the head of Goliath. So David was an accomplished marksman. And as I say, had killed the lion and the bear because he had practiced before. That, those were not practice shots, and this wasn't either. Uh, assuming you're wise enough to use a scripture as your weapon of choice, does it have enough wear around the edges? Is there enough patina on it to, to to show for the fact that you you've used it before? You know where to go. You know where to search. You know where to put your hands on 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 verse and passage at that moment in that situation. That battle needs. I would ask you if there's not to seek that. that That's, as I said, your greatest and most accomplished weapon. Uh, Is it enough on its own or does it need your help? Listen to 2 Timothy chapter 2, 15. It says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Jesus himself used scripture as a weapon as Satan was tempting him in the desert. He used the scripture again and again and again, all three times to come back to, to the, the enemy with the with the words, it is written. It has, the scripture does, a laser-guided accuracy for the moment. The Holy Spirit will see to that. All you got to do is break it open and expose it. And the Holy Spirit will use its accuracy for that. For the need to, whatever that moment is, he, he will see to that at, at every situation and at every turn. He's good for that. And the scripture says it is his job to make clear what the scripture says. It was a worn weapon. I think he had a loaded weapon, one that didn't seem to be enough. Finally, in David's hand was the power of God. Look at verse 47 the power of God. All those who gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you, all of you, into our hands. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, he said. David knew going in that it wasn't his determination, it wasn't his ability, it wasn't his talent, it wasn't his his sling skills that was going to win this battle. He knew this was a God-sized ordeal. and It was a God-sized moment. Consider the odds against him. Here's here's Goliath, over nine feet tall, an experienced warrior, coming at him, coming toward him. He was was backed by a well-equipped army behind him, backing him up. Also working against David probably in his marksmanship was his own adrenaline. Your adrenaline gets going, you, you, you get a little nervous from time to time about how you're going to handle situations. He was running toward Goliath, the scripture says. Loads up and lets it fly and it sinks deep into his forehead. Kill shot on the first shot. Uh, that was an in the zone moment. If you've ever played sports, you, you, you have those, those days and those situations where it just can't, can't go wrong. I was in junior high school at Christenberry, and we were playing Vine in a home game at our gym. And I averaged, I was played point guard, I averaged about six or eight points a game. This game at Vine, Vine, I had 24 points in the first half. Everything I shot went in. It was, just, it was just one of those, I think I could have thrown it up behind my back and it would have gone in that day. You know how many points I had in the second half? Zero. Our coach came to me at halftime. He said, they're gonna double team you and triple team you to try and stop you today because you're in the zone and whatever you're throwing up is going in. You got some guys that's gonna be open under the basket, find them and get them the ball. And I did try and do that. But th- those those situations where, you know, you, here you are, here te- he was a teenage kid. This situation was bigger than him. It was it was more magnified than, than probably it should have been, but it, it was certainly magnified. And here's a teenage kid that's hopeless without the Lord's help and knows it and, and, and spells this out to, to, to Goliath and the Philistine army. Uh, he was, without the Lord's help, uh, powerless. Listen to Psalm 124. It says this. If the Lord had not been on our side when men attacked us, when their anger flared against us, then they would have swallowed us alive. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord who has not led us to be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird out of the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. With the Lord on your side, he's saying here that even your losses can turn into victory. And even what seems to be a loss and looks like a loss on the world's side can be on, in, in the spiritual realm a victory for you uh, can be a win for you and for His glory. Now, beyond David, we see the stories of Joseph, the stories of Elijah, the stories of Daniel, the stories of Peter, the stories of Paul. That God took failure and turned it into victory. Again and again, He does that throughout Scripture. Uh, what David had in his hand seemed to be a, a nominal, marginal weapon against an army that's far. more well well equipped than he is but what he actually had in his hand was the power of god beyond the weapon that he had it was for his victory and for god's glory the united states should have never made it as a nation we shouldn't be here the odds were against us we were outnumbered we were ill equipped we were under resourced yet here we are here we stand uh, celebrating our nation's independence today because of three things because people actually believed in religious freedom and wanted to see that lived out in their lives. Secondly, because men and women have been willing to pick up a weapon and defend that freedom again and again and again. And thirdly, because the hand of God has been upon us. And why his hand has been upon us, I have no clue, because we deserve judgment. What we've seen at the hand of God is blessing instead of judgment. So it's God who's, who's brought us here. So a couple of questions as we wrap up i need to ask and the first is this is what's your greatest weapon what is your greatest weapon is it your personality your, your looks your appearance your brains your your talent or ability that you have is it your money is it relationships you have with people is it your career choices that you made what's your greatest weapon what have you used it for secondly are you using it for your victory and for his glory Are you using those weapons for your victories and for his glories? Or are they on idle and have been sitting on idle for years and years and years? Or even worse, are they unwrapped, still sitting on the shelf, still have never been realized and unwrapped and and put into practice, put into place? I would submit to you that if if you feel like sometimes, and it feels this way sometimes as believers, we're experiencing more defeat than victory in our walk with Christ. We need to unwrap and get those weapons back off the shelf whatever God has gifted us with, and arm ourselves with the truth of Scripture, the Word of God again and again at every turn and every time, to bring to bear His Word and His weapons that His arsenal says is full of all the ammunition we'll ever need to wage war against our enemy, the devil. He is seeking, the Scripture says, to devour us, not to dissuade us, not to sidetrack us, but to devour us. For us to have victory against Him, We're going to have to have the word of God in our hands and on our hearts and have the tenacity of the Holy Spirit walking that out in our lives. Is that true of you? Are you using those weapons God's given you? He's given them to you for your victory and for his glory. Let's pray. Father, today, would you remind us of the victories that are ours that we've not even realized because we've walked away from an opportunity to be more than than the situation called for to be uh, confused and, and dissuaded and alarmed even to give up before even the battle comes our way, would you remind us of, of those situations where you, you've had divine purpose and divine goals in mind in, in, in a hard place, and we've missed it because we've quit too early, we've walked away too quite too fast. Would you help us see today that those victories are there for the taking and there'll be others? on the road perhaps tomorrow the next day the day after that there'll be victories and battles that we face that we can win when we walk with you and we know that the battle is the Lord's when we pick up your word of God when we hide it in our heart and can speak it to the enemy we can and will win those battles day after day situation after situation circumstance after circumstance you're faithful to to wage war for us you're faithful to go ahead of us the scripture says you were ahead of david in in preparing his heart and his and his mind and his tools for the battle and he gained victory not just over goliath but the rest of that story says they defeated the entire philistine army that day all at the hand of god we're grateful today for what you offer us we're grateful today for the fact that we we live in a nation where we're free to worship you we're free to come into this place and declare you king of kings and lord of lords would you live would you be that in our hearts today would you be that on our, on our lips and out of our mouths today would you be that in our witness tomorrow that we serve the king of kings and lord of lords and we are the victors in christ's name we pray amen thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point church helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic biblical and contagious walk with Christ.